And I am recording. I am recording. And I am still burping. Sorry. I am not burping, but I'm coughing. Brap. I'm coughing, Sean. <laughs> and I'm back. Hello, everyone. This is Sean Harwell. You are listening to the Never Heard of a Podcast 2018. Here we are, going strong, episode number two on season two. And once again, I'm not doing it alone. Thank God. Thank God for you. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host, uh, who's still a little under the weather and on the slide. Uh, but say hello in your best raspy coffee voice. Hello, everybody. <laughs> That's really yeah. almost all the voice I have. This is Craig Moorhead. This really is my favorite time of the year when you get sick. I don't know. I'm sorry yeah. to say it. But <laughs> the many, the many shades and voices. Yeah, well, you know, Sean, this is this is the Never Heard of It podcast, and we talk about movies uh, that have fallen through our cracks. Mm-hmm. And today, I feel like we have we're, we're kind of back to uh, back to our, our old stomping grounds of actual movies that we actually kind of haven't heard of. So I'm pretty excited to talk about this stuff. I am too, and it's it's one of those that uh, I think even the people who have heard of it, I bet you haven't seen it. Fess mm-hmm. up, fess up. Don't lie. Don't lie. Uh, but before we get to that real quickly, let me just point you to NeverHeardPodcast.com. Once again, that will take you everywhere you need to go. You can find all the back episodes. Uh, I suspect you probably don't need to do that because you're going to go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and find us as well. Uh, as always, we'll start the year off by saying, you know, reviews are nice. Uh, it's, it's always nice to see those, whether they're good or bad or indifferent, but it does help other people find the show. So if you haven't done that, maybe throw us a bone. That'll be your New Year's resolution for our show, and we'll thank you in kind. Indeed. Craig? Sean? Today's movie, as we mentioned in the TF episode, was a listener suggestion. Obviously, we want more of those, so keep them coming. But the movie, once again, is Mr. Wonderful, directed by Anthony Mangella. From 1993, you watched it, I watched it. Uh, should we talk about what you thought of it first, or should we talk about the experience of watching this on DVD first? Because you watched it on DVD, right? Or did, I did no. watch it on DVD, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we got to talk about this for a second, because... Yeah, let's do it. Uh, oh my God, I forgot about the fact that DVDs used to occasionally have a standard format ratio as in a square ratio a, a cropped ratio on one side and a widescreen on another side yes uh and this is one of those dvds you know and i didn't uh realize that before i watched it i remember looking at it and thinking oh this it doesn't have a logo so one side is <laughs> yeah. maybe but i looked at them and like the one that i had like didn't have any markings on it at all so i was just like all right, so I just, I just popped one in. So I got the non-anamorphic version. I did too. Put it in and realized uh, somehow I, I like maybe just didn't read it correctly because I had the cropped version in first. <laughs> and so right. I had to take, take it back out, flip it over, put it in. And then I was like, well, this is almost worse because, yeah, you get the widescreen, but it's not formatted for actual widescreen TV. It was just formatted for square TVs uh, uh, to be the letterbox version. And so oh, is that I, what it was? Oh, that's okay. what it is. Yes. They, I, did they, watch I forgot about that. Yeah, they did used to do that to DVDs. There was like, if they weren't enhanced for right. widescreen TVs, which if you read the fine print on the back of DVDs, which nobody's doing that now in this day and age. Uh, but if you do, you should definitely look for that if you're if you're going through a used store and looking at, at DVDs from like 1995. 
Uh, but yeah, I, for the first time in my life, used the zoom function on my TV yeah. uh, to make it fit a little bit better. And, uh, you know, I lost a little bit of image, but not, not too bad. So well, with that in mind, <laughs> anything else to say funny. about the DVD? I was going to say just, just for, just for people uh, 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 around our age. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Just thinking back to, I mean, there was a time when like any company that was putting movies on any kind of format, the last thing they wanted to do was give you a, anything in letterbox. Oh yeah. They were, they were fighting that so hard. Everything was square. It didn't matter what movie it was. Like they just chopped off two sides of it and here's your movie. Um, yeah. So it's, it's I, kind of amazing. Like it's come as far as it has. And now like any, anyone who gets a disc of any kind, they pop them in. It's going to be at least, you know, one, eight, five, like whatever it's in, it's, it's going to have its, uh, the, the right aspect ratio. It's kind of amazing. the right aspect ratio and intended to fit a widescreen rectangular TV as yeah. opposed to a square. And yeah, I think actually, uh, it says here, I think that DVD was released in 99. So not even 20 yeah. years ago, not even 20 years ago. That's what we were dealing with. Uh, we've come a long way, I think long, as long a nation way. of DVD watchers. Anyway, Indeed. uh, Craig, this might is uh, does this categorize as as one of our only rom com solid definitive rom com movies that we've watched? I mean, we've had a few. I guess so. Offbeat, I mean, wetlands yeah. type <laughs> movies that have relationships. We've had some that are that are that are sort of romantic, but they also have you know some kind of uh, uh, criminal aspect to them, or. Like an African uh, aspect, like out of Africa, for example. You know, out of Africa, a, not yeah. what you would call a rom-com. Holy smoke, <laughs> not really a rom-com. Yeah, once bitten, things like that. Um, yeah. yeah, so I think this is this is one that was it was very much intended and marketed as that genre. Absolutely. And what did you think of Mr. Wonderful, Craig? Um, my... <laughs> I felt like <laughs> this is one of those movies where I, 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 I it, it was fine for what it was. It had some bright spots, but it felt like there, it, there was another movie out there, another version. Maybe even there's actually another version of this movie itself. Mm-hmm. That's probably better. Uh, it's got a great cast. It looks fantastic. Um. It just felt, it kind of feels like a movie that, that has a lot of stuff maybe cut out of it or something. It just feels like it has a lot of stuff missing to me. How did you feel? Interesting. Similar. And yeah. I think we'll get into the specifics of that. I think, yes, it's a fine movie. There's laughs. Uh, there is a little bit of, of chemistry there between uh, the two leads, I think. Mm-hmm. And there's some things I didn't expect, which I thought were interesting and good choices. Uh, but the, the entire package, yeah, I think it's it's sort of uh, it's in the uh, like average territory, I guess. And yeah, we got, I got some theories on why that is a very big specific one. Yeah. But first, let me just remind people what this movie is actually about. Yeah. Matt Dillon plays a. Uh, is he Brooklyn? Where are they from? I think it's Brooklyn. Yeah, I think they're in Brooklyn. He's sort of a Brooklyn lug. He's a <laughs> mm-hmm. he's a Matt Dillon, basically. No, he plays Gus. He's a guy 
who works for the power company down typically underground frequently dealing with the fuses and the cables and the powers uh, in New York City, of course. And uh, he is recently divorced, which I did not realize going into this movie was going to be mm-hmm. the setup from Annabella Shora, mm-hmm. we've talked about before. And basically the first act of this movie is <laughs> a very heavy scree against the idea of paying alimony because uh, Mr. Wonderful here, Matt Dillon, is broke as a joke apparently after this divorce and he has an opportunity to go in and purchase with a group of his co-workers a bowling alley and operate that and that'll be his way out of uh, this underground work. Mm-hmm. Now, he can't afford to do that unless... This is a very primacy, high-concept rom-com thing. Unless, Craig, his ex-wife should remarry. And if she gets a new husband, no more alimony payments, right? He can that's buy the bowling the alley. Yeah. That's the idea. So, yeah, that's that's the big concept of this movie. Although, yeah, it's presented yeah, it's a little bit differently, I think. You know, it sort of eases you into that a bit. Doesn't hit mm-hmm. you quite on the head with that from the get go, but I think the biggest flaw of this movie, man, is is just that it doesn't quite have the pool of rooting interest for that couple. That say, right. like for me, like yeah, like if you're talking high marks of the genre, you know, the When Harry Met Sally or Jerry right. Maguire or Love Actually, that kind of, like. Where you really just want those people to get together, even you don't know from the word go that it's going to happen. Here, I wasn't so sure. <laughs> like, I really was not so sure that that's what this movie was going to be about. And it is, spoiler, but it doesn't quite have that thing to it that I think the most successful movies in this genre have. Where, yeah, those two people have to be together because they can't be with anybody else, even if they're not Neither one of them are perfect, right? No, I, th- I think you're exactly right. I mean, okay. I think, uh, and and like I, I, I liked very much the idea uh, that so Gus and Leonora had known each other pretty much their whole lives, mm-hmm. right? So these are kids who grew up in Brooklyn. They've always known each other, and at some point, they had some sort of like storybook wedding. Like, wow, this is my best friend. They know everything about me. We got married. This is fantastic. Then everything fell apart. Yeah. So I love the fact there's that backstory, but I feel like that's kind of all we really get to know. Um, I, I would have liked to have a little more of that maybe woven in there somehow. Uh, there, there, there's a little bit of sort of family that goes through it, uh, at least in terms of Gus's pals from uh, Con Ed. Who, who, the, the, the power guys. Yeah. Who are great. But like, yeah. But like, like for these two people from the neighborhood who got married, like, I kind of feel like what neighborhood, mm-hmm. like I, I would have loved to see that neighborhood. I would have liked to see like his grandma who's like, Oh, why'd you, you know, divorce that pretty girl, you know, like, yeah. it like just the good fellows like, version of it. Like, kind you know, of. well, just like the family stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, like it just seemed like of detail. Some texture would have been good there because as far as I'm concerned, Matt Dillon and Annabella Shora, great. I mean, great yeah. casting. Fantastic. I'm I'm totally on board, but like nothing ends up tugging at my heartstrings. It's just like 
We've just been given the facts. Like, they were married. They got divorced. I'm still not really clear why exactly they got divorced, except... Totally what I was going to ask you next. Absolutely 100% what I was going to ask you, because I'm not sure either. And that was a really interesting decision to play this movie where they're not at each other's throats, really. And there's not that sort of heavy tension when they're first around each other. They clearly are not like terribly thrilled to see one another. Right. And some of this, I I, I think you, you got to lay the blame on Mangela for the decision and the performance because Annabella Shura, she spends a lot of time like smiling and kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, it's that sort of like shaking your head laughing kind of things at the stuff that Gus is doing. And it's like, are you charmed by his foibles or right. are you? Does he drive it, you crazy? He must have driven you crazy because that's why you left, right? You know? So, yeah, Yeah. I I think that in some ways, like, it, as much as it would be tiring to see them at each other's throats the entire time, and you'd never buy that they'd get back together, maybe. Right. You'd have to do a lot of work to make that believable. Uh, You get a sort of opposite effect where it just ends up being a little confusing by by this decision where they're not, you know, they're sort of friends. You know, well, and, and I think, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think you're right. A that if they were at each other's throats, it's a lot harder to get to the point where they're together at the end. Although mm-hmm. you can do it. On the other hand, yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like, well, that's a, a form of passion. Yeah, Moonstruck you know? kind of did that with Cher and Nicholas Cage. Yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways, and that's hilarious. You know, oh god, that was so good. So yeah, yeah so so um, and, and the other thing that I thought that I felt like was going for the movie going in was this this plot as 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 really uh, i don't know implausible as it as it seems that he's going to try and marry his ex-wife off yeah which is funny it's it's funny it's like and and the fact that that it can even happen it's it's kind of like wow how does that <laughs> relationship work right that you would and be setting her up and she'd too. be like okay i'll yeah. go out with somebody that you suggest like, I think that that concept is good because it's not just taking the normal path. But I still kind of feel like I don't know how they got there. I don't either. And it's one of those where, again, like just sorry, there's like a few of these touchstones that I'm going to go back to. And when Harry met Sally is, is a clear one. But like, you know, they have their moments in that movie where they're not involved together. And like if Billy Crystal is like, you know. We're still friends. I look. I got this friend. I want you to meet him. You know, I like. I totally buy that. You know, where he would he would do that, and he would be sad about it if it actually worked out. But it would work out, or he would then profess his love for. Anyway, like yeah, here it's just like because Matt Dillon just seems so pissed at her for like a good chunk of the movie because she's like bleeding him dry, you know, from the coffers. And he can't buy this bowling alley. Uh, and he's stuck in this life that he doesn't necessarily like. With one notable exception, I might add. He's in a relationship himself currently with the lovely Mary Louise Parker, who's great and interesting and a real woman in this thing. And, I, I mean, for love of me, I kind of wouldn't want just, just that to work out, you know? I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, she could probably do better. You know, and I think that's what they were trying to plant with that relationship a little bit, you know. Uh, but I don't know. 
I kind of thought, okay, well, it's that's going to work out, and then he's going to find some guy for for her, and that's you know they'll they'll have their parting ways, and it'll be sort of bittersweet. Uh, but obviously, if you look at the DVD art and the poster, you you know that's not going to happen because they're hugging each other, right? So they have to end up together, uh, Gus and, and Leonora. So I, I don't know. It's a it's it's a little confusing, I think, in in the the play of of the relationship. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and and I, to to bring up Mary Louise Parker again, yeah, I I like I really like the way that mm, I really like the way that she was played uh, because for the same reason I mean she's you can't tell exactly how it's going to work out except for you know the, the dumb poster but I mm-hmm. mean you don't know how, how that water is going to be navigated yeah. because she's she seems great yeah. she seems like a person who wants her own stuff and she's a stable person like yeah it's it's not going to be her problem so however he ends up with Annabella Shora He's gonna have to do right by Mary Louise Parker. Yeah, you know, and she kind of—I <clears throat> don't know—I—I I, I, I kind of feel like she she kind of let him off the hook. She was kind of, of that, ways, yeah. that that super wise, like the incredibly wise girlfriend, mm-hmm. uh, who was like, "Hey, you're dating me, but you don't love me, so that's cool." Like I, I don't know, <laughs> like uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they did. I but, mean, uh, yeah. There's a breakup scene that I wasn't. I was like, did that? Just, what, is that it? Like they're done? Like, <laughs> yeah. That, have so, you yeah. ever? Not Go that ahead. I didn't like this uh, this part of the scene, but uh, have you ever uh, been broken up with? And no. then, and then, like you went, you I'm moved kidding. closer to the girl, and maybe rested your head on her hand. No, that is. Yeah, that's not. No, probably not the move to make. Yeah. No. It, yeah. It seems. Uh, She's but she's very chill. Mary yeah. Louise Parker just handling her business. She is, yeah. yeah. She's the most mature of the group. Yeah. But she uh was. yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I think you're right when you say there is a, like an interesting movie in in here somewhere and there's a part of me that will wonder if there was a version of this where they did not end up together. You know, because it's like, yeah, I mean, the fact that they're divorced to start with means you're already sort of dealing with something different for a Rob Cobb, you know, (laughs) I'll give them that for sure. Um, The the two people that are basically your love interest uh, already had a a They already made a go at it once, you know, (laughs) yeah, Um, they already had their shot at happily ever after. So it's different. For sure, but uh, by the end of it, yeah, it, I I can't help but feel like that uh, bringing them back together was a little forced, you know, like yeah. uh, like maybe there was some other draft of this that that didn't happen. And then also, I mean, my big takeaway again from this movie is like, holy crap! I still, I mean, I'm just stunned that this was made prior to Miguel making the English Patient. You know, yeah, they, they could that's, not that's be two, move. could not be two more different movies yeah. in so many ways. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't mean that as like a complete slight against this movie, because, again, like I, I think it's it's a completely like easy to digest, enjoyable, watchable thing yeah. that doesn't quite, you know, set the world on fire. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I was so amazed, Greg, that I like found myself googling like 
the making of the English patient because I was like, how did he how did he navigate that? Like what yeah. happened here? And I know like Saul Zantz, uh, you know, famous producer, Amadeus, Cuckoo's Nest, mm-hmm. et cetera. Uh, I think his company perhaps was involved in the distribution of this movie. And so there was a relationship with Mingela there, but I believe he had the rights to the English patient novel and Mingela read it, said, I have to do this. And then to his credit, you know, Sal Zantz went to bat for this guy. And, uh, you know, especially on the heels of this movie that we're talking about here that did, you know, like I said, not perfect, but was not by any stretch of the imagination a hit, right? Right. And so... Uh, it's a really interesting story. There's an article from SignatureReads.com, which, if I think about it, I will share. But it talks about, you know, all the stuff that they went through after they kind of formed that partnership and were determined to make this movie and to cast it the way they wanted it. Fox was involved. Demi Moore's name was floated about, and then Fox actually walked away like a week or two prior to the start of production. Uh, wow. And then Miramax came in, and the rest is Oscar history, right? Uh, so yeah, it's it it was interesting. I I didn't know any of that backstory there, but um, it also gets a little bit into to Miguel's editing process, which uh, at least with with English Patient and Talented Mr. Ripley was lengthy. And once again, we're talking about this movie. It does make me wonder even more if you know wh- you know what the maybe different versions of this movie look like uh, throughout the yeah. course of its uh, you know career prior to getting onto screens. So. With that in mind, <laughs> there's a lot of other pieces to this movie um, besides Dylan and Shora sure. and even Mary Louise Parker. And I think, you know, like a lot of the movies in this genre, those are often as enjoyable as Love Story. And I think that in some ways that's the case here a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of, of the Con Ed guys? Uh, and basically we got... As we mentioned last episode, uh, David Barry Gray, Dan Hedaya, is that Bruce Kirby and Luis Guzman, yes. who are sort of—I mean, yeah, like a Luis Guzman, dude. That that <laughs> the first shot of him is like he sort of like enters frame and it's just belly first, you know. It's like yeah. he's got this tight T-shirt on. There's some it says Puerto Rico on there like somewhere. It. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I, I was curious to see like what size of role he had in this thing. And it's very yeah. small, but he does have lines and like, he's a good, he's just a good presence. You know, it's exactly. like, uh, you know, you just, he's, he's so fun to watch. Um, and then, uh, I think the biggest of the group was the David Barry Gray character, Pope. And, uh, I don't know, like, what did you think of that guy? Because he, I was not inclined to like him. I got to say from the beginning. And yet I, I found that I did ultimately, but, yeah, uh, I, mean, I don't know. So he he's he's kind of the 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 dumb kid of the yeah, group, I guess. Yeah. And that was the thing. Yeah. I yeah. Think. Um he enjoys having sex under the city. <laughs> sure. Yes. Which I found confusing. I feel yeah, like yeah, yeah. having been down in those uh in those manholes with oh, them really? in the movie. Yeah. Doesn't seem like there's a lot of cool places to uh get your groove on. Mhm. Um but yeah, I mean, he was kind of the guy you were supposed to like. Like, yeah, there was some scene at the beginning, toward the beginning. I think it's when he's talking about this girl that he's in love with, and all I'm thinking is that guy's gonna die. 
Like, mm. there's a scene coming up where that guy's going to die. Yeah. And I, I was sure when he got electrocuted, it was going to be You almost nailed it. You almost yeah. nailed it. Yes. But I mean, he, I should have known. It really wasn't that kind of movie. But but it, <laughs> for know. a second, it felt like like he, he was toast. Um, But yeah, I mean, at the same time, I kind of don't. Maybe I don't know really exactly what what purpose he served. I mean, he's he, he he's an example of a certain kind of person and a certain kind of relationship. Maybe he's an example of, you know, that that young love before you are hardened and cynical or something. But yeah, um, he's like I, Gus I, Jr. Sort of, kind I mean, of, but not even yeah. that young. I mean, he doesn't seem exceptionally younger than Matt Dillon actually no. maybe you know maybe more inexperienced i mean there's a whole yeah. bit about the aftershave and all that stuff for cologne um yeah. but yeah i don't know I, I found him likable i mean the name of that actor is not one that like completely jumps like you know to no. mind but he's been in a million things as we talked about um but yeah i thought i thought it was a nice little performance i mean and it and it made me think about the fact that like with a movie like this, I mean, you kind of, you do kind of just want like everybody else to be likable, you know? Yeah. I mean, even in their, like, even if they're like annoying, but you want them to be like annoyingly likable, like Dan Hedaya right. is kind of annoying, you know? He's like the yeah, schemer absolutely. of the group, but he's still likably annoying, you know? Um, yes. And all those guys. And like, I think this movie, like, I think it handled those kind of things pretty well. Uh, and they're, they're pretty fun and pretty memorable. Um and then, you know, I, I think, obviously, we talked about last time, there's sort of two notable uh, guest appearances in this, in James Gandolfini and Vincent D'Onofrio. And, yeah. man, uh, Gandolfini, holy cow. Uh, He's a kid. He is a kid. He's super lean and uh, great. I mean, I really thought yeah. that was, a, I mean, I, in, in many ways, I was sad that, uh, he doesn't make a reappearance in this movie anywhere after yeah. uh, his little bit here. But, you know, he's basically sort of the sad sack in this thing, which is, yeah. you know, in direct contrast to oh, <laughs> Tony yeah. Soprano. I mean, it's so against type. Yeah. Him. Like, it's it's just, yeah. Uh, like, it, to, to the point where, like, when you first meet him, like, knowing what we know now about, like, Sopranos, like, when you first meet him on that job site, there's a little bit of me that kind of felt like he's a serial killer. You know, he, 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 like he, he's just got that thing lurking behind his eyes funny. you know you're like yeah. shit i don't know what's gonna happen if he goes out with annabella well but yeah thankfully he didn't uh he didn't turn out to be a serial killer in this no, that would have just that not been that a very different turn to take yes um but no i mean i loved that because he you know uh i think is the first date that Matt Dillon sets up uh, Annabella Shura with, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and again, like, man, this, the one thing that drove me crazy in this is like when they get to that premise and setting up the concept, it reminded me of Once Bitten actually a little bit where it's like, she's got to find a virgin in Los Angeles. And like, yeah, it's so incredibly difficult. Uh, and here it's like, I just got to find a single guy to set up with this broad and every single other person on the crew is married, you know, and one yeah. guy's got two girls and that's a problem. And so it's just like, man, come on. Like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Well, yeah. like, <laughs> I mean, and, and, and that was, that was kind of a thing about the premise where it's like, uh, uh, you're, you're trying to set your ex-wife up with someone so that person, so that that person will marry her and you won't have to pay alimony anymore. Like, yeah. I, I feel like to have a sequence where the problem is that all the guys are married 
I'm like, that's the least of your fucking problems. <laughs> like, if yeah, every single plan. one of these guys is a bachelor, you're still up a fucking creek. Like, yeah, this is not going to go easily. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so, but no, so, so honestly, like that, that scene kind of, I don't know, it, it kind of irritated me because it kind of went on for so long and I just kept feeling like, like I thought it was kind of cool how he was trying to figure out who's single and, and whatnot. But at the same time, it was like, I just feel like you're not, you're not understanding the problem here. Like you're just trying to find just some single guy to send out with this ex. Like, yeah, I, I mean, know. yeah. To the point that he asked a complete stranger who was like, works for a yeah. landscaping company, which that's kind of funny, but like, yeah. Uh, but, but it does sort of bring you, you know, kind of that sequence sort of ends with Gandolfini and here's this guy sort of eating by himself and, uh, it's kind of quiet and he talks about like. He actually goes off, goes off on him a little bit about like how he, you know, he doesn't do too well with women and just, you know, he just hadn't figured it yeah. out and they make him uncomfortable and all this jazz. But yeah, he's, he'd be happy to go on a date. Uh, and then he shows up to the date and he's got his damn hard hat with him, but he's clearly not come just from work. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm like, why? Who made that decision to bring that prop with him? Like, that guy's not going to bring that. Like, why? Yeah. Like, no adult would do that. It was ridiculous. Um, well, and, and I would say at that date, the beginning of the date, Leonora is talking to a waitress, somebody she knows, and saying, like, here's the signal. If if the date's going bad, I need you to save me. Yeah. And again, I just kind of felt like your ex-husband is setting you up with a stranger. Like, why didn't you just say no to this? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I that could I have used a lot more massaging and easily that could be one of the deleted scenes, you know. Uh, yeah. they're not on the DVD, I can tell you that, but yeah, if something got cut or uh, in the process, uh, that would be a good good one to wager on because yeah, I'm with you. Like it, I don't, I don't know why she would say yes to that kind of thing. And, well, and we haven't other, even talked about this. Oh, I'm sorry, go, go, ahead. go ahead. Yeah, why is it we haven't even talked about William Hurt? Well, that's exactly what I was going to bring up. Okay, because so. it. I mean, she's in a relationship with William yes. Hurt, who is a professor of hers. Mm-hmm. So again, why why would she? agree to go out with anyone that her ex-husband set her up with like i don't feel like there is a thing where she's backed into a corner and therefore she has to say yes i'll go out with strangers that you suggest to me because it just seems coming from her point of view she got a man and she doesn't need any help from her ex-husband she doesn't like him all right then then don't do any of this i think there you know the moment that they try to justify that and rationalize this a little bit to me, was flawed in a different way because uh, we, you know, we find out that Leonora works at a, like a botanical garden of some kind uh, that's yeah. open to the public, and you know Dylan shows up and he's talking to her and all this thing, and like the title gets explained where that comes from in this scene. But Leonora is supposed to meet William Hurt, who's a professor of hers, and we know at this point, yes, they were having a relationship and sleeping together, and. I don't know if it was explicitly stated at this point, but I kind of always assumed he was married uh, from the start. Yeah. So they're having an affair. And she goes to see him, and he's got his son with him. And that appears to upset her to a a, a noticeable degree. Is right. that how you read that scene? Yes. Did that happen before she went on any dates? Yes. Oh, okay. But, but Craig, like... Why would she get so upset about it? like I don't <laughs> Yeah. I was yeah. surprised that she wouldn't know that he has a kid 
why would he keep that a secret? Like, what difference does that make? He's married. Like, it's not like, you know, right. what, that's, is that really going to complicate things that much more? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, like, I don't know. Like, in some ways, I didn't like her in that moment because it's like, are you, are you really, you're getting mad that he's got, a, like, a kid? Or, like, what, what's yeah. going on here? So, to me, that was, that was, like, problematic in different ways. And then, but I do think like, yes, if memory serves that happened before she agrees to go on these dates. And so I was like, okay, well that's why maybe she's okay. done with William Hurt and she's agreeing to go on these dates because what the hell, like her love life is in shambles and everything else. I still think that's a stretch because she doesn't need to yeah. go out with anybody. I mean, she's trying to get her damn like college degree and work at the yeah. same time. She's got enough on her plate. Like she, she just got divorced, you know. <laughs> Take a break. And again, I mean, I know it's obvious, but I mean, the last person I would want to set me up with someone <laughs> would be my ex. Be yeah. The very last person ever. Unless you've been divorced for like 7 years and you just like, you know what? We're really good friends. We get along well. We just weren't good together. Okay. Yeah. Like I understand like okay. But that's not what this movie is at all. Um, yeah. And that's not but, what they set up. Well, and that's another thing, too, that, that I think would be an interesting thing to, to get into in a story like this. Mm-hmm. Is like thinking about it. If, if one of my exes, even if it was like, yeah, it's like 10 years on and I'm single for some reason. And my ex is like, hey, I'm, I met this girl. She's absolutely perfect for you. Like, I know you better than you know yourself. This girl is fantastic. Whoever that girl is that she set me up with, that's going to tell me so much about what my ex thinks of me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, it would be a good I'm, social experiment. About. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you want somebody boring who doesn't like to do anything. Like, oh, yeah. okay, fine, fuck you. Like the opposite of what you had, baby. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, I'm not going to look at it as a way of, like, learning about myself. I'm going to look at it as an insult. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. There just It seems like there's so much... To dig your teeth into, sink your teeth yeah, into, or dig them sure. into. Yeah, I dig my teeth into all kinds of things. I hear you. Uh, the sink, actually, is what I... No. Uh, well. Let me let me ask you this. Was there ever a moment in the botanical garden scene, because we find out, you know, in relation to the title, that there's a woman there waiting for a, like, a blind date of sort, and yeah. through a classified, she goes by funny face, and the man she's supposed to meet goes by Mr. Wonderful, and she mistakes uh, Gus as Mr. Wonderful. Right. Did that raise any, like my like movie watching flags immediately went up and I was like, he's going to pretend to be Mr. Wonderful in some way. <laughs> like this is, this is, is desperately seeking Susan. Like I just was like, this is <clears throat> okay. Where are we going with this? Like, how are they going to use that? Um, because yeah, I, I, you know, I didn't I think of it that way, but that okay, is, good. that's really interesting. <laughs> like I, I could, I could see that. I could totally yeah. see that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because, uh, <laughs> That's really the only sort of uh, reason for the title, you know. Um, right. Because Gus is not Mr. Wonderful. I don't know. They try to play that off at the end, but I'm like, whatever. Like, he's not that guy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of ham-fisted. I mean, I felt like like Gus was supposed to get the idea to be a matchmaker by telling that guy to go and find the other girl or something. And Yeah. Yeah, they really hang. Yeah, we didn't need any of that stuff. No, no, no. If everything was yeah firing on all cylinders with the the uh, primary relationship there, then that'd be great. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's talk for a second. Then when we talked to Gandolfini. Let's talk Vincent D'Onofrio because that was another one where yeah. I expected maybe we were going to take a different turn. But uh, <laughs> yeah. oh man, I loved. Okay, a, so another I, possible serial killer. Can we yeah, just say that? First? Totally. Yes, hands yeah. down. Yeah. Um, 
he, I believe, is a pharmacist, if I'm not mistaken, that Mary yeah. Louise Parker, either she suggests or her friend, played by, ah, crap, it's not American Girl. Yeah, the American, uh, what yeah. was her name? Beth, Beth, no, uh, uh, somebody, Brooke, Brooke Smith? You're, yes, nailed us. Brooke Smith. Good job. From Silence of the Lambs in the Well. Yeah. Catherine. Awesome. I always just want to call her Catherine. Um, yes. So she plays a co-worker of Mary Louise Parker, who is a nurse, or a nurse in training. And one of the two of them, they both know this guy, uh, Dominic, played by D'Onofrio. They, it, it had to be Leonora that suggested to Gus that that, not Leonora, excuse me. It had to be Rita, Mary Louise Parker, that suggested that Gus set up this guy, Dominic, with Leonora. And mm-hmm. so there is some sort of fun ra- <laughs> fundraiser uh, thing through, I guess, the hospital. jeez. Oh, yeah. Where this poor woman, this older woman... Well, hey, okay. There is a... <laughs> there's a the MC is some sort of, like low rent stand-up comic with a puppet and uh i I did love this this scene though it was so wonderfully awkward um it was really bizarre it was really bizarre and so like he's they're doing this thing where they call up the 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 number and like if if it's your number at the table that you're sitting at you got to go up and basically he reads something you have to do it and that ties into people bidding and making options to make donations to this charity and this poor woman gets up there and she had to be probably uh, early 60s, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, thereabouts. And she has to take off like her bra, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and she in turns her back. She works. Yeah. It, it was awkward. She plays it awkwardly. Oh, wow. And it was, like, I mean, that's a really good performance, actually, in that little moment. Uh, yeah. But that's the setup to the scene. And then the next thing you know, uh, the next number is being called up to do karaoke. And it turns out to be D'Onofrio, who is there, da da, with his date. Leonora and mm-hmm. they get up there and even though they've just met just bust out this version of uh what the hell was that song doesn't matter it was a karaoke version of a song and yeah. uh do a pretty good job of it I guess even though man I I, I don't know if that's D'Onofrio's singing voice uh, it's not. I would love that. I mean because it yeah. did not fit at all. No. Hers hers <laughs> seemed all right but his Seemed pretty pretty overdubbed. Yeah. But I don't know. It's hard to describe his character. I mean, maybe you've got a little more you could do to it because there's nothing about him that's not, uh, you know, certainly redeemable and likable and uh, sure. seems like a, a perfectly fine man. Right. Uh, and yet you got serial killer vibes, which I kind of agreed well, with, I mean- so... Yeah. Is it just, just because of Full Metal Jacket? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, because he, he's still he's still very awkward. Like, if that's the only movie you know him from, and you think, oh, he's just a little awkward. Yeah, he's a, um, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it, it, his character exactly was a nice guy. Mm-hmm. There's no edges to him. He's a nice guy. I I I, I kind of wanted him to be something that Matt Dillon wasn't like in a very pointed way. 
You know, well, like, he's definitely a little smarter, I'd say. You know, he's got the pharmacist thing going on. Sure, maybe. Uh, but we don't see that demonstrated. Really. No, doesn't quite have. But but also, it's like this guy shows up. Uh, what are we like? Twenty minutes to the end, basically. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, it's pretty late in the movie. Uh, so there's not like a whole lot of time to really establish him as sort of a rival by any means. Yeah. You know, uh, but he, what was I going to say? He does have uh, a history with Leonora in that he remembers her from like they went to the same church. I guess he's from the neighborhood, you know? Right. Uh, although she doesn't really seem to remember him, maybe. I guess not. Was he younger? Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, I think, I don't know. From the looks of it, not necessarily, but in the way he plays it, maybe. But also, yeah, that that might give a little little stalkery vibe a little bit. Uh, And then he definitely, I mean, he pops a question. Yeah. Several dates later, but not not too long calendar-wise. So. And is that what, Dylan sees that happen? No, he... (laughs) He does have his 90s overalls with just the one strap up, which I loved. It was so great. It's very hip hop. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> weird thing. And then, uh, no, because she does come over to, to Dylan's apartment after he and Ruta have split up. And right. she tells him that, you know, that, that this guy proposed, that he uh, wants to have kids, that, that kind of thing. And, like, of course, right. like, Dylan I gets want, all I, mad. Yeah. I'm going to take my tape back and all that stuff. Yes. Happened right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then he does, he shows up at the end, and you know, because he's realized he's got to be with Leonora again, I, I guess. And, uh, you know, he's put all those yeah. lights up in the courtyard, got the plants, and is, is basically saying, you know, look me in the eye and tell me that you want to spend the rest of your life with Vincent D'Onofrio. And then Vincent D'Onofrio overhears that. Oh, right? shit. Yeah. yeah. And so he asks Leonora, well, can you? Can you look me in the eyes and say you want to be with me? She can't. Surprise. Surprise. And then, uh, yeah, they end up and you literally get the uh, the titles of uh, ha- basically Happily Ever After. And they bought the Bolarama. Star Lanes. Five stars. You know? Yeah. Happy ending. Um yeah, it was. Did D'Onofrio get the short end of the stick, or did he dodge a bullet there? That's what I'm asking you. Uh, well, I mean, he definitely did. In, in the same way that Rita did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they the would actually be Rita a good did, couple together, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that yeah, the, uh, 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 yeah. Matt Dillon and, and Annabella Shora, all they were going to do was, we're just going to, they're just going to wreck people's lives mm-hmm. until they ended up together. Like, that's all that was ever going to happen. Yep. So, yeah, it's definitely good that he got out when he did. It definitely sucks. I'm glad that they actually, for all the faults of the movie, they they dealt with those people. Yeah. Like, you at least had to have that moment of, like, it's not okay. Like, somebody out there has a broken heart. Because yes. Yes, indeed. Um, but at the same time, I mean, what, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Like, at least at least you're, you've been as honest as you can be. Yeah. Um, so so to, to backtrack just a little bit, when Gus goes to talk to Leonora, he's he set up all these lights in the mm-hmm. courtyard of her place because uh, he made some comment earlier, I think, about how the whole city just seemed to be made of lights whenever we got married first or something. Yeah. 
or she did. I can't remember which one. I don't know. There's a but, lot uh, of light talking, though. I mean, I did kind of yeah. like the fact that, like, he was actually pretty good at being an electrician, you know? Yeah. Uh, anyway, I really but, liked all the electrician stuff. Yeah, I did, too. Like, I, I mean, really, that's a really yeah. very interesting, like, yeah. and, and felt very much like a part of the city. And yes, agreed. I thought yes. that, that was a really cool idea. Felt genuine, yeah. Um, uh, Sorry. But so he, he strings up all these lights, and... When she comes in, he starts naming off different kinds of plants. Mm-hmm. And there's just a part of me that's just like, this isn't enough. Like, I yeah. understand the gesture. But you rattle off a few plant names. You guys get married again. Three weeks later, you're at each other's throats again. Like, I don't know. Well, that's the big question. How, yes. This solves anything. Yeah. Do, yeah. Do you buy that they would have a lengthy uh, take two on being married? Yeah. I don't know. Yes, I, I, I don't know, and I don't feel like the like the I don't feel like the movie is wants you to ask that question. <laughs> well, they should, they definitely don't because they just they spell it out for you there with a yeah. with some text on the screen. That they, oh, I guess so. You know, they lived happily ever after kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't like why. I guess the question is, yeah, why do either of them ever know why they lived happily ever after? Like what? Like what did they overcome? Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. Like, and, and you mentioned when Harry met Sally earlier, and that is that movie is such a great example of a movie that's first of all the structure is completely nuts. Yeah. Um, and it's incredible. But yeah. man, I mean, it it just builds in, in this such such a specific way that like the payoff of him running to her on New Year's Eve and and giving this big speech like it it lands really well. Um. And I think this movie could have it could have used more big speeches. Actually, I mean that's you know Maybe. a weird thing to say. well even just like specifically from her, you know, yeah. like I just wanted to hear her say, "You got you know, goddamn it, like you're a mess. I, I don't know why I'm doing this. I can't say no to you. I, you know, like I, yeah. I, there's just something about you've been in my life since I was seven years old. You're gonna drive me crazy for the rest of my life." But I, I, you know, I don't want to do it without, I mean, just something like that kind yeah. of thing. Just, just to say like, okay, she gets it. She knows this is crazy, but she can't help herself. Yeah. Like that's what, that's what you want from like romance is like the, you know, you want the things to succeed when it doesn't make sense, obviously. Um, so, sure. you know, when everything else I mean, is telling you it shouldn't, you know. Yeah. Even if it's just, Hey, like maybe, maybe we quit on this. Just we just quit on it too soon. Like we yeah. didn't really try that hard. We we were fighting. We figured we shouldn't be fighting if we're married, you know, or something like that. Where it's like, well, let's just let's go at it this like grownups and just be like, we're we're not always gonna get along, but let's, you know, yeah. let's do it because we love each other. And I think it would have been something. especially nice to come from her because the only sort of thing that I recall specific to their breakup was, you know there was some discussion about the fact that she, you know, I think, and then I think it comes from Dylan. It's like, she felt trapped. So she left and she went back to college and now I'm paying for it. You know, that kind of thing. And it's yeah. like, okay. So she was trapped. Like, you know, yeah, I'd love to know more about what that looked like. But if she was the one that initiated the exit, it, you know, yeah, it would be nice to have her like really just kind of lay it out there as to why yeah. she'd, she'd go back, you know? Um, yeah. But hey, maybe that's in the, well, a different version somewhere. Maybe. Uh, and you know, the the other thing that I, I expected more of, uh, considering the, the movie is mostly about him setting her up with guys, is a little more 
of a um, maybe a, a little more pointed sequence of like she goes out with this guy. It doesn't work out out because of this, and mm-hmm. he's like, "Oh, like I was like that." So uh, yeah, yeah. So here's a guy who who doesn't have that problem. Well, but he's like this. He's like, "Oh, I'm like that too." You know. Like yeah. something that kind of brought it home where it's like, oh, like yes. all the reasons these aren't working is the same reasons that didn't work for us. And now I know. Yeah, that's interesting. Like I, f- yeah. I felt like that's what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I don't I don't feel like it really did that. No, um, not really. Um, yeah. And I mean, even to the extent of leaving uh, William Hurt a little out to dry. And he's not one of the guys yeah. that, that was set up, obviously. Um and I think you know it's easy to it's easier to sort of understand why that particular relationship can't work because he's right. married, obviously. Um, but uh, I don't know. I did. I, I found myself like wondering too a little bit about like his involvement in this movie. I mean, because like he's you know he's an Oscar-winning actor at this point for sure, yeah. and that's it's a pretty small role. Like it's not it doesn't really ask that much of him. Um, and yeah, I, I, I definitely was, yeah. yeah, I mean, I was expect, I was just expecting like more involvement period, just more real yeah. estate and, uh, you know, yeah, it's no big deal. He, he can, he can well, pop it, up yeah, in movies and, and when again, he wants to, but yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's a, it's a really good cast mm-hmm. and, and that's, and that's kind of one of the things that's nice about it. It's like you get even to the, into the smaller roles and there's like, there's William Hurt, you know? Yeah. Putting in a day's work. I mean, I guess I'm, <laughs> I don't know. I'm looking at his filmography right now and yeah i mean there's definitely a stretch there where there's not like a huge movie or i don't know maybe even part here between like broadcast news 87 accidental tourist 88 to uh you know like i remember smoke 1995 dark city 98 you know um i don't know so maybe there's just a stretch there where mr hurt was not quite in front of us as yeah. much as we so anyway i don't know he's always interesting to watch for sure and yes i mean that's a bit of a i don't know to me like the professor who sleeps with one of his students I, it feels like such a cliche i mean even just yeah. like saying it out loud it was fine i didn't mind it you know it's it uh, it felt like you know you always want to see a little bit more from that anyway but that's not what the movie sure. was about but man if you're gonna cast a professor who sleeps with his students you cannot do better than William Hurt because like, that's yeah, right. I mean, like, who else? He's William like, Hurt. you don't have to say anything. It's just like, yeah, that guy's a professor. Of course he is. Like, you know, it's just like, yeah. <laughs> oh man, how you feel about alimony? Uh, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> we don't need to get into that. <laughs> it's hopefully something I'll never have to deal with. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you? Uh, I I thought it was a little little heavy handed in its uh, in his his resentment of the whole situation at the beginning of the movie. Oh yeah, you know, it was just like well, what? and again, it, it would have helped to know exactly what 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 had happened. Yeah, like yeah, who who really is Matt? Did, did he cheat on her? Yeah, like you know, like like where where does the blame lie? And I can understand also not wanting to get into that, mm-hmm. and you don't want to hate somebody, but at the same time, yeah, it's like. Well, I don't know. Did you did you mess up? And now you got to pay alimony. Too bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, know, I wasn't that's sure. How it works. And then, I mean, the minute they show this like beautiful cherry vintage Corvette convertible that he's driving around in, I was like, Yeah. 
what are you, you maniac, sell your car, you dumb dumb. Like, <laughs> yeah. And that does happen eventually, but uh, yeah. I mean, it's a nice car. It's a nice car. I'm not saying he should have to sell his car just because he got divorced because his wife left him. But uh, right. anyway, we'll save that discussion for uh, Kramer versus Kramer or something. When we, <laughs> um, I enjoyed the fact that a couple things. Uh, Rita and Gus go look for an apartment after he decides, comes to his senses, that Mary Louise Parker is beautiful and great and he should you know make some sort of commitment to this woman who's dying for some uh, agrees to live with her and I, I a i liked that they went and looked at an apartment and that realtor guy was just like you know what you guys take your time i'll leave you behind you just lock the door on your way out and i'm just like wait a second that's not his apartment like what do you mean lock the door on your way out when you're looking at somebody's house <laughs> like yeah. you know i don't think it works that way and then B, uh, they just straight up boned in that empty apartment uh, after he left. So yeah, they they actually they 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 boned a good bit. They were definitely they the boners of the of the movie. <laughs> good, good for them. I did want to mention like that that elevator scene felt romantic comedy nineteen nineties to me a little bit. Like that one, you yeah. know, and like that to me in like I should say like a broad romantic comedy, right? Like the right. big hit. And, like, there's one moment in particular where I think somebody floats again the idea of uh, maybe that, you know, hooking the ex-wife up with somebody, and that'll solve all their problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says something, they mention somebody's name, and then he goes, like, that guy's a dope, man. He's just dumb, he's right, he doesn't have any money. You know, and then, like, there just happens to be a woman behind all of them, and he's she's like... No, he's not, and he's not single. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I thought it was funny, but it was like it yeah. was from a different movie, like in a lot of ways, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. But that, that to me is just like that's total. That is rom com right there, man. Like that's the kind of joke oh, that uh, you you can get a killer laugh out of. Uh, and he's like sort of like that big studio thing. Yeah, especially after when Harry met Sally. Like you needed, yeah, you needed an extra to have kind of a zinger. So yeah. I enjoyed that scene. I mean, I definitely made note of that scene. And then uh, I liked the fact that, you know, you have sort of the Sunday afternoon get together at one of the guys' houses and all the families are there and all the coworkers. Yes. And uh, I mean, I think that's the scene that was attempting to be like what you were talking about with. Right. That's what I uh, really see in the. Yeah. I more of that would have been great. Yeah. But, uh, so the the women are inside, the men are outside, and this is where like Mary Louise Parker, like I don't know, man, she she starts crying, I guess, hearing them. I don't know. They're talking about Gus, or I don't know. It's just like the idea that he's never gonna marry her or something, and uh, it brings her to tears. But then they're like, "You gotta cry on the Noki, because like if he eats it, he'll stay with you forever." Oh right, and then. <laughs> So she she does she like playfully kind of puts it up to her eyes and then but then wipes her nose with it and I was like oh that's disgusting yeah no, I don't want to eat that now <laughs> yeah but yeah. I, do, I do kind of like the idea that Matt Dillon had to eat you know uh, her her snotty gnocchi yeah gnocchi anyway um man I I feel like that's about all I got with this movie what about you yeah yeah no that's uh, that's as far as my mental train. Will take me. I do think there is a poor choice in song at the end of this movie. I don't know what it is. I'm not even going to look it up so that I can't say anything. 
worse about whoever it was that did it. I just didn't care for it. It felt very, very dated. Actually, let's talk about this for two seconds. Yes. How dated does 1993 feel now? Yeah, I mean, pretty dated. Yeah. You know, well, and honestly, like, I feel like it was really stuff like the overalls. Yeah. Like, it's almost costume choices. You know, it is. I mean, the hair was a little bit big. I'll give you that, but not, but but not even that. Not yeah. even offensively big. No, like Rita's wasn't crazy. No, you know, but but there was like yeah, little stuff like the overalls was like oh jeez, that's that's nineties through and through. Yeah, I mean even beyond that, like because yeah, I, I I don't know this movie like doesn't it didn't jump out to me as like something that's like oh my god this is so nineties. Yeah, but just looking at it, I was just like, "Wow, yeah, this is uh, doesn't feel like that long ago," and yet it doesn't, it doesn't. Like the city, just you know, the way that city would be filmed now would look nothing like that. You know, nothing. Oh yeah, from the cars yeah. to the streets, everything about it. Uh, sure. So yeah, that's it. We're getting old. We're all gonna die. That's right. <laughs> I th- I think you you're you're leaving us with our words of wisdom for the evening. Even Mister Wonderful, you're gonna die. Yep. Craig. Dust to dust. Yes, Sean. Uh, where do you fall in recommending this movie? Uh, I don't know. I, I guess recommend it to the diehard Minghella fan. Yeah. He wants to know yeah. all about the deep catalog. I, I don't I don't feel like you're missing a lot if you're just looking for, you know, a romantic comedy to watch. Like, I, there's better. Yeah. I think there's better romantic comedy. I think this is, this was an interesting one to look at from like a, a student's <laughs> aspect, yeah. you know, like look at this and see, okay, like what are these, these choices that they made here and, and how it's different and like what works and what doesn't work. And then absolutely again, like, I don't know, I'm still just like fired up and inspired by the fact that he made this and then he made, <laughs> he won two Oscars yeah. for, for the freaking English pace. And, you know, I mean, that's crazy. Like that is still just crazy yeah. to me. I love it, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm super happy that that uh, Leo Logan once again suggested this movie, and that we got yes, to check it you, out. Leo. Yeah, thanks a bunch. And uh, if you want to check it out, I think we mentioned it is floating around, obviously on DVD, and I do think some of the uh, iTunes and places like that have it. Although I don't think the subscription streaming places do yet, which means most no. of you probably aren't going to go watch it. So it's a good thing you listen to this, and right. uh, we'll be back next week to tee up another movie whose title I'm blanking on right now. I believe uh, it's Medicine for Melancholy. There you go. I was going to say Mel- I know it had that Medicine for Melancholy which uh, is another romantic movie I had never heard of and we'll get into all of that and why I really want to watch it next time. Yeah. So come back and join us for that and Craig I'm not going to make you do Last words of the evening, because you're coughing, so you can yeah. just have the final. That will stand as my yeah. last cough of the evening. <laughs>